Before the dawn of creation, there was the Word. Before the beginning had begun, before the planet spun and the sun hung in the sky, there was the Word. He was the light, and the light was alive, giving life to all things, everything. No thing was created except through Him. And in His image, He created them, us, in His likeness, to reflect the light and be just like Him. But sin came on the scene, and everything went dark. Not even a spark left. We were hard pressed for a savior. He had offered us his love in exchange for our trust, but we could not live up to his standard of perfection. We were dejected, broken, hostile, hopeless. But this is the gospel we put our hope in, that God, in his endless wisdom, fashioned the word into flesh, and he pitched his tent in the midst of our mess, and the rest is history. The mystery of the cross, the incalculable cost of his life in exchange for our imperfection, the beauty of his resurrection, giving us life in exchange for his death when we call upon his name, Jesus giver of grace, purveyor of peace, master of mercy, the word, the one who bore the scars that we deserve. Have you heard the gospel, the good news, not what you can do for God, but what he has done for you. It is finished. Since before the beginning, the greatest story ever written, broken by sin but restored when we surrender to the word. This is the gospel. Have you heard? Amen. Good morning. How many is thankful for the gospel of the Lord? Amen. Can you give him a hand this morning? Come on, church. Let's give him a hand like you mean it. Hallelujah. He is worthy of praise. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I've come to praise the Lord. We've come to 
that's something you need a move of God to happen in your life, church. Something that we need God to move that only thing he can do. He is the only one. Hallelujah, Jesus. Do you know he is the worship? He is why we are here. He is the reason for our worship. And we worship you. We magnify you, Jesus. There's nothing like being in your presence.
they are uh, silently playing that. I wasn't going to do this, but has he has he done something in your life? Or 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 maybe you're you're struggling with something right now and you need him to do it. If he's done it before in your life, believe that he is going to do it now. So let's give him a praise and just thank him in advance for doing something in his life, for doing for healing you, for working out that situation in your life, for restoring that problem, for bringing you back to your first love. Maybe it's that. So as they are uh, finishing up playing that, why don't we just focus and just throw our hands up this morning and just give them all of our praise. That's about all we can do right now. We, we, we can just give them our praise. Sing like no one's around you. receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being before you sit down turn to your neighbor and say i'm glad you're here and shake hands with someone
Can we give the, the worship team a great big hand this morning? I believe the Holy Spirit was here today. I believe we were able to connect through worship and be able to allow God to be able to move into this service. Speaking of connect, uh, we have a connection card in front of you. Uh, this is your first time here or maybe you haven't came in a while. Um, we would love for you to fill that out. We would love to be able to connect with you. We would love to be able to pray with you. That's what church is all about, connecting and praying with each other, lifting each other up. So we wanted to encourage you, even if you've already filled one out, but you have a prayer request, please fill this out so we can try to go to God in prayer and be able to support you and uplift you. March the 10th is reducing the risk class. I mentioned this last week. It's not, please don't look at it as just a class. It is here to protect the children and also to protect ourselves as well. So if you are going to or wanting to be involved, anything that is related to either children's church, nursery, maybe the youth, can we get an amen on that one? And also our vacation Bible school. I know we haven't had one in a while, but we are doing one this year. It is going to be exciting. It's not going to be five days. So if you've done it before, so whew, that's going to wear me out. It's only going to be three days. So I think we can handle that, right? So that is going to be on March the 10th, right after church. There's going to be another date set. If Sundays do not work for you, it'll be on a Wednesday. Please, um, we'll have, uh, snacks, but this is not going to be a meal. So be prepared for that. If you get a little hungry, we'll have little snacks, but it's just to get you by. We're thinking maybe no more than an hour. March the 12th, it is youth night. We are finally being able to start up our youth group. Uh, it is going to be, uh, age, I mean, grade six. The 12th is from six to seven thirty. So please be praying for that. I know we don't have any youth in here right now. Maybe you're youth at heart and you want to volunteer or maybe help, uh, with that. We just please be praying for that. March the 24th is Palm Sunday and we will be having communion that Sunday. Who all is ready for Easter? Who's ready? So we're going to be March 31st. We're going to be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord. So please, please invite someone. Even if you know someone that they only come to church on the holidays, Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, hey, at least they come. Who knows? Maybe that Sunday they may have a life-changing experience. Maybe they might not come here full-time, but they, maybe they might be plugged into a church somewhere. So please be inviting. We're looking at maybe if everyone invites one person, they probably won't come. So let's invite like four or five people. So maybe if one person out of those four or five will come, then maybe we'll have a greater, uh, greater turnout on that one. So who knows that when Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We have a ministry in here called under shepherds. All right. There are people, there are many women who are there to connect with you. They'll be there to pray with you whenever you have a sickness or whenever you, you have a need. There's a board in the foyer that with a, with a list of under shepherds on it. 
If uh, you've recently started attending church and maybe your name's not on there and you would like to be put on there, please see Pastor Steve and he will uh, get you in contact with the uh, with the right person. We feel that these people are important because as iron sharpens iron, one person sharpens another. So if you're uh, dealing with some things, who knows that maybe you don't want everybody in the world to know your business, right? You don't want everybody to know what's going on. These under shepherds keep this confidential. So it's, so it's good and important to have this confidential, important, godly person in your life, which will be an under shepherd, to be able to go to them and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, or I need a prayer with this, or even not you. Maybe it's a family member. You could reach out to them, and they can be praying for you and keeping it confidential. So, so please, we want to encourage you, if your name, if you don't have an under shepherd, oh, I don't know who mine is. Well, go back in the list. And if your name is not on there, give it Pastor Steve, and they will be glad to hook you up with someone to be able to link arms and pray with you and support you through this thing called life. Everybody struggles with it. So to help us through this thing called life, the devil wants you to be, I'm not going to preach, Pastor, I'm probably, but he wants you to be isolated. <laughs> all right, then I'll call him. He, he wants you to be isolated. So he doesn't want you to be all by yourself. That's why we have the under shepherd team. Who loves our pastor? As he, as he comes up, let's give him a big hand. He does a lot for this church. And let's, let's pray for him. Dear God, we just uh, pray for Pastor Kevin right now, God. As uh, the church lifts their hands up towards him, God, we just lift him up to you right now, God. God, I pray that you would just use his lips uh, for your service. God, I pray that you anoint him. I pray that our hearts, God, will be open and receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, Pastor John. Let's give Pastor John a wonderful hand. Amen. Amen. I thought he was going to preach there, didn't you? Amen. Didn't he do a wonderful job last Sunday? Amen. How, you, how much you appreciate Pastor Steve as well. Let's give them both a hand. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to jump right into the message this morning. Moms, dads, grandmothers, granddads. How many of you have children, have grandkids that when they were younger or maybe they're young now, you walk in their room and you can't hardly get in their room? Uh, you, you've told them over and over to what? Clean their room. Yeah, Chad, we're talking about you this morning, buddy. Back there laughing clean your room, that you got to kind of push the door open even to get the stuff out of the way so you can get in the room. And if it's a boy's room, it smells like the local high school locker room. Amen. And how many of you know the girls, they clutter up their room too. They clutter up their room too. And I don't know why you men are laughing. I've been to some men's garage and they look like my daughter's room. You can't even get in the garage. There's a lawnmower sitting here and a tiller sitting here and a weed eater hanging over here and tools over here. No organization whatsoever. It is all cluttered up. That's what I want to talk about this morning. How many times in our lives do we have so many things in our life that clutter up our lives? Someone once said, if you've had something more than six months and it's still not repaired, listen, man, it's called clutter. Here's the point. 
all of us at times in our life get so much stuff going on in our life. Our jobs, our careers, our families, going picking up the kids, taking them to the ball game, going to the grocery store, running here, running there, running to work, running to school. It never stops, does it? Our lives get so cluttered up with things. And may I add that we push things out of our life that should be in our life. And we gravitate to the clutter sometimes in our life that shouldn't, shouldn't be there. And so what we do, we kind of, with all the clutter going on in our life, we have a tendency to push the things that really matter to God kind of back in our life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 turns it around and says it like this, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Right, the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and His ways and His direction, then all of these things will be added unto you. All of these things will be added unto you. In 2 Kings chapter 4, it is this, uh, that it's this woman and that is this man that are, uh, want to get, intentionally get the attention of the prophet Elisha. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, the prophet carried the anointing. In the Old Testament, the prophet uh, carried the presence of God, carried the power of God, carried the anointing of God, carried the touch of God. Uh, now, you and I, when we give our life to Christ, that's called the Holy Spirit. We carry around the presence and the power and the anointing of God in our life. But in 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, I don't have time to read it. It's a very lengthy uh, story. But it's a woman and a man in that chapter. And they're wanting to get the attention of the prophet Elisha. Because he carries the power, he carries the anointing, he carries the presence of God in his life. And he works, as you study the life of Elijah, he carries miracles in his life. He's performed mighty miracles. And so this man and this woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 is wanting to get the attention of Elisha. Now, Elisha is traveling back and forth uh, and there is times that Elisha stops along the way at this man and woman's house and he eats and he spends time with them. But the story goes on to tell you and I that the lady says to her husband, Elisha is passing by our, our home and he's stopping and eating and fellowshipping with us. Why don't we add a room? Why don't we add a room to our home for the prophet to stay overnight when he's traveling? And why don't let's put a chair, put a lamp, let's furnish the room for this prophet. Meaning, let's, let's build a room, let's 
furnish a room, let's make room that when the prophet is traveling back and forth, that he's staying with us. But we're going to intentionally have to build that room for him. Now, when you study the life of the woman in this passage of Scripture, she is a lady that is very noble in her community. Uh, she is upstanding in her community. Some scholars believe that uh, she is in politics in her community. So she's very well known in her community uh, as study. And I felt like her and her husband might have been some type of wealth, uh, wealthy people. And, and so, but she is saying, she's saying, let's make room for him. Meaning, let's make room for the prophet. He's got the touch of God, the powerful power of God, the miracles of God in his life. And when he's traveling back and forth, let's make room so he can stay with us. So in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8, you see that she urges him, Elisha, to come to her house for a meal. So she is pressing hard. She is insisting that Elisha comes and stays with them. So my first point this morning, if you're taking notes, is that making room for God begins with an invitation. Making room for God begins with an invitation. God does not show up in your life or my life, uninvited. She gave the prophet an invitation to come and stay at her house. She knew, she knew that the prophet represented the presence of God. She knew the prophet represented the power of God, the goodness of God, the miracles of God. She knew that. So she's inviting him. The Bible says that she urges the prophet, would you come and stay with us? The Bible says once again, she was a noble woman. She was a busy woman, which tells me that we all have busyness in our lives. We all got a lot going on in our lives. Would you say that you've got a lot going on in your life this morning? Would you say there's a, a lot of things going on and if physically you're not doing a lot, the devil makes sure that mentally that our minds are filled with a lot of troubles and trials and trouble and things that are taking up our mind space and everybody can say amen to that. But this lady meant business. It wasn't a casual thing. She wanted the prophet that when he came back and forth traveling to stay with them. My point is this morning, a lot of times we are trying to squeeze God in our life. We're trying to squeeze God in wherever we can find time for Him. We're trying to say, God, I'm busy. God, I got a lot going on. 
God is saying, I want you to intentionally find time for me. And I'm making a special place intentionally in my life. I'm, I'm intentionally waking up at a certain time a morning and I'm finding that, that chair. I'm finding that, I'm finding that couch. I'm getting a, beside my bed. I'm, I got another room in my house that I'm making a place for God every morning or every evening. God, this is your space. God, this is your time. I'm intentionally letting God know, God, this is where I'm meeting with you every day. I'm pushing everything that I have aside. Yes, I've got a busy day. Yes, I've got a lot going on. But God, intentionally, I'm making space for you in my life. It's where I'm saying, God, I'm intentionally inviting you in to my space. I know I have work. I know I got kids. I know I got grandkids. I know I got the doctor's appointments. I know I got a lot of things going on, but God, I mean, intentionally, listen, as Christians, we get so busy at times that we do not take the time that we need to take to intentionally invite, invite the Holy Spirit into our space. Can you say amen? The second thing that I've seen in this story is if we're going to make room for God in our life, you may have to converse space that is being used for something else. That you've got stuff going on in your life that you can say, God, I am going to remove some of that stuff out of my life. I'm going to intentionally stop going there. I'm going to intentionally stop doing that. I'm going to intentionally make space for you. You might have to make, you might have to take this or that or whatever it looks like out of your life to intentionally Make room for God. Verse 10 says, let's make, let's build a room on the roof and put a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can go in and stay there for us. See, we have to intentionally say with me intentionally convert space that's already in our life. For God, because the enemy is going to make sure that your life and my life is cluttered up. He's going to make sure that. The enemy is automatically going to have things in our life intentionally. He's going to clutter up our life. How many of you know he, he's going to make sure you got plenty to do? He's going to make sure you have plenty to do. I don't know what the space looks like in your life. But are you putting family, work, career, your friends, your children, your grandchildren before God? What is before God in your life? See, this is, this is very important. Because we're going to see at the end 
of this story, how God miraculously worked miracles in this woman's life when she intentionally made room for God. See, you and I, sometimes in our lives, we won't admit it, we won't say it, but we really like to use God as a vending machine. That God, I'm, I'm going to run here, I'm going to run there, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, i got this going on, I'm busy, uh, and this is in my life, and I'm going to run up God, and I need healing in my body, and so I'm going to put it in the vending machine, and I want you to pop out healing. I need a miracle over here with my kids, and I just want to uh, pop it in, and I just want you to work it out for my children. And I need a miracle financially, and so I'm going to just pop it in, and I'm just going to hope in my vending machine of life, God, that you're my vending machine, and you're going to work it out in my life. Well, brothers and sisters, we all know that God does not work like that. Right? We want Him to work like that in the flesh, but He doesn't work like that. We've got intentionally every day Make space. Make time. Whatever we have to move. I've just been thinking about my own life. God, Kevin, you're going to have to move some things around. You're going to, you're going to have to change some things. We're remodeling our, in the inside of our house. And it's like you're talking about a clutter. Clutter don't even begin. I mean, it's a disaster. The living room furniture is in the kitchen and the, the, the paint buckets are in the living room. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy at our house right now. And so I've been, Tina and I talked about it the other day. We're, we're really getting so consumed with trying to work on our house. And God's been dealing with me. You're too consumed with that where you're not consumed like you should be with me. See how easy we fall into traps of things when that is just life? The question is, how much expense did this man and woman go to to convert that room over for the profit? See, that for them to... For them or for her and her husband to think that we're going to convert this room over, it took faith. Now listen to me here if you're taking notes. That when I push stuff out of my life and make more room for God in my life, listen, when I push some of that clutter out of my life and I make more room for my life, I'm saying to God, I'm inviting you into my space. And when I'm inviting you into my space, by faith, I know that you're going to work in my space. It's what I'm saying. I'm saying, God, I'm pushing this out of my life and I'm going to push some of this out of my life and I'm going to push this back out of my life. And what I'm saying, God, I'm inviting you into my space. And when I invite you more in my space, I'm inviting you by faith that I know that when I get in my prayer closet, you're going to work all things out for my good. I know you're going to work miracles in my life. I know you're going to change things in my life. I know you're going to convert things over. I know you're going to touch our children, our grandchildren, our marriage. God, 
by faith, when I invite you into my space, I'm saying to you, God, I know by faith that you're going to work it out in my life. And that's what she was doing. She knew if the prophet would stay with them, that the power of God, presence of God, anointing of God would be there with her. James chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Come near to God. He's going to come near to you. I think if we would just move some stuff back out of our life and invite God into our space, brothers and sisters, we would be amazed. Come on. We'll be amazed at the miracles and things that God would work out. The third thing that I seen was she also realized it was very important to make room for the prophet, her husband, and the community. It wasn't not just for her. She said to her husband, who did she say it to? Come on, who did she say it to? Her husband, verse 10 says, let's make a small room, put a chair, put a lamp. He can stay there whenever He comes to us. Christianity is done best in community. I didn't know Pastor John was going to say what he said just a few minutes ago. It bears witness, Brother Dale, that, that Christianity is done best in community. Listen, we need each other. When we come into that space with God, we need to be lifting up our brothers and sisters in prayer. God, Brother, Brother Jerry is going into surgery. And God, we, we just lift him up, God. God, we lift him and Thelma up right now before the throne of grace. God, we love them. We care for them. Lord, they're special at Calvary Assembly of God. God, Brother Jerry needs a miracle. And in that prayer time, we invite others into our time with God, Brother Dale. We invite them in. And Pastor Steve and myself was just talking about this over lunch the other day. When we invite other people into our space, quote the Word over them, God will miraculously show up in that space and He will do what we're asking. Asking him to do because the Bible says, Pray ye one for another, and you will be healed. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a pretty selfish person sometimes. For all you holy ones out there that just always think about someone else, but I don't know, maybe it's a Kevin thing, right, Kevin? Sometimes, sometimes we just get, maybe it's a Kevin thing, I don't know, just me and Kevin. We just kind of get selfish every once in a while. That's why God said, invite others into your space. And she said, me and my husband and us. Watch here. Me? Or my husband and I? Us? Who's the us? her husband and the community, and the prophet. When she invited her husband in, she just invited the prophet in. Because when we invite others into our space, God sees that. 
You're praying for your brothers. You're praying for your sisters. How many do you know there is power in unity? I I think one of the, the most special times that I've seen unity and teamwork, and I'll just say this, when Brother Wayne took me on a mission trip, Now, I I love sports and I love teams and I love watching all that. But when we went on a mission trip and you seen all of those ladies and guys get together, Pastor Steve, and I know you've been on a mission trip and everybody come together to build this small church for these, for the, 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 the the nation of, uh, for when we went to Mexico, I thought, wow, God, wow, God. When we felt the Spirit of God and the presence of God, what are you saying, Pastor? There is power in unity. There's power when we come together and pray for our sister. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 through 2 says, Then the day of Pentecost come. You guys know the Scripture. And they said that we were all together. Say all together. Let's say that together. All together in one place. It said, yes, we can make room for God in our space, but it's something about coming together in church and coming all together. And when we come all together, the Bible says, suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came in heaven and filled the house where they were sitting when they were all together worshiping. When they made up their mind, yes, I'm tired. Yes, I'm wore out. Yeah, Tina told me not long ago, honey, get up, you're the preacher. you got to go to church, okay? All of us together working and worshiping together, right? Worshiping together, there's power in that. When we come together. Now I want to end this story because there were two great miracles that happened when she made room for the prophet. Do you remember when I said earlier that the prophet represented the power of God? Remember I said it represented the presence of God? Remember I said he represented the Spirit of God? The miracles of God? That's who that prophet represented. And he carried all of those. She invited him into her space and intentionally put a room on the side of their house for the prophet when he passed by. Intentionally. Took the time and the expenses to do that. Listen to what happens at the end of the story. This is the best part of the story. She was unable to have children so the prophet is passing by one day and he's staying there at their home. And his servant tells the prophet that Elisha, I found out she wasn't able to have children. So the prophet prayed and he speaks to her. And by this time next year, you'll have a child. What does she have? She has a child. Stay with me. She had a child because of what the prophet spoke over. Represented the power of God, the presence of God, the touch of God. See what happens when you invite God into your space? 
See what happens when you get some of the clutter out of your life and you, you take the time that I know this matters, but this doesn't matter as much as inviting God into my space. Am I making sense this morning? I know I'm chopping this sermon up some. I know that already. But, but, but when I invite God into my space, see the miracles that can happen in my life when I intentionally say, this is where I'm going to pray. This is where I'm going to read my Bible. This is where I'm going to worship. I have a space that I'm inviting God to meet me in. And when she did, the Bible says the prophet spoke over and she has a child. Now, how many of you would believe that's a miracle? She's not able to have children. Later, this child dies. The Bible tells us later that this child dies in, 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 in verse 16. The boy later dies when he had taken him and brought him to the mother. She sat on her, he sat on her knees till noon, and then died. And she couldn't have a child. The prophet speaks into her life. Now she has a child. The child what? Dies. Verse 21, the second miracle. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and she went out. She has laid the boy on the bed in the same room that her and her husband had built and finished for the man of God, Elisha. Is this making sense now? So she's built the room on the side of the house intentionally for the prophet, the man of God. The man of God speaks into her life. A miracle happens. She has a child. The child later dies. What does she do with that child? Does she take him to some other part of the room? No. She takes him to the exact room and the exact bed that the prophet sleeps on. And she lays the boy down. And the story goes on to tell us that she goes, runs to go get the prophet. The prophet shows back up at the house and the Bible tells you and I in verse 32 and 33, and when Elijah came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. He went up therefore and shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And verse 35 tells us, he returned and walked back and forth in the house again, went up, stretched himself out on him. Then the boy sneezed seven times and the child opened up his eyes. So she went in and then she picked up her son and went out. She laid him on the bed dead. She picked him up alive. She laid the boy dead on the bed. The power, the presence, the anointing, the sweet aroma of God, God's miracles. The prophet walked in that room and prayed, laid himself upon the boy, which means the anointing. 
which means the power, which meant the presence, which meant God's power, which meant God's miracles laid on that young boy. And the power of God said he sneezed seven times and he come back to life. What does that tell me? That tells me, Pastor Steve, it doesn't matter what is going on in my life. It doesn't matter. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. If I didn't come here but for one person, listen to me. I come to encourage you. It does not matter what's going on in your life. If you will push some stuff out of your life and make space for God, God will make space for you. Well, I don't know if my children are coming to God. You go find that space. I, I, I don't know if God's going to heal my body. You go to that space. I, I don't know God if God is going to work this out in my marriage. You go to that space. I don't know God's going to fix my family. You go to that space. You keep going back to that space and back to that space. You keep worshiping. You keep praying. You keep worshiping. You keep praying. You keep worshiping. You keep quoting the word. You keep worshiping. You go quick. You keep quoting the word, and things that are dead will become alive. You keep going back to that space that you've made for God. You keep, you keep going back and making that space for God. And you say, God, here I am. Here I am. I've made this space is just for you. God, it's just for you. I love my wife, but this space is for you. I love my daughter. The space is for you. I love my, my brother, my family, all of my family. I love the church. I love the church, but God, I, I, I gotta set that aside. I got to set the business of the church for aside. I love my friends, but God, all of that, all of that has to be set aside. My house has to be set aside. Everything has to be set aside because God, I am inviting you into my space. God, you're, you gotta come into my space. And when I invite God into my space, and I pray, and I worship, and I quote this word over my circumstances, and I get up the next day and say, God, I'm inviting you into my space. Whatever that looks like for you. Maybe you've got to get up an hour before you go to work. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But isn't it going to be worth it? And it doesn't matter where that space is. Before a farmer, it might be out in the barn early in the morning. It might be up in his tractor every day. I don't know. Nobody's telling you where that space should be. But I'm telling you, you need to make space. You need to make space for God. Because listen, brothers and sisters, I've been walking with God a long time and it's not just going to happen. And it's not going to just happen casually. You're going to have to intentionally 
make space for God and time for God if you want to see miracles happen. If you want to see your children change, mom and dad, grandma and granddad, you are going to intentionally have to make space for God. And I'm here to tell you out of my mouth this morning, if you will intentionally make that space, God is going to once again, what's dead, what's sick, what's dried up, what has no power, God will bring His presence, His power, His anointing, and miracles to whatever you're asking Him for. If you'll make space for God. Now, with closing as they come, it's not going to be easy. Because how many of you like the bed? My bed feels pretty good, doesn't it? Now, come on, guys. Feels pretty warm, doesn't it, Pop? Feels pretty good on them days I don't want to get up. But maybe it's pushing those covers back and setting that alarm clock 45 minutes early before you get out. Say, God, I got a room I'm going to. I'm going to that room. And I'm going to meet with you this morning. I don't care if you're wiping your eyes and you got a cup of coffee like me. Hoping the Lord that this coffee helps wake you up. Whatever it takes. You intentionally make room for God. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, God will intentionally make room for you. So we're going to walk out of here today. We're going to say, God, I'm going to make room for you. Amen. Let's stand this morning. every hip bowed and every eye closed this morning. How many you'd say like, like me this morning? I'm just going to confess that I've, I've got a little too, too busy and I'm going to intentionally rearrange some things in my own life. That, that I'm going to have to kind of push them back or rearrange them to get some of that clutter out where I can spend more time in that space inviting God in. How many of you like the pastor? You'd raise your hands and say, I need to make more space for God. Amen. Look at all those hands. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. I'm all... Uh, I want everybody to look up here and I'm gonna put him on a I'm gonna put him on a big spot. I didn't tell him I was gonna do this, but Pastor Steve works good putting him on a spot. I want Pastor Steve to come up here and he don't have he don't didn't know I was gonna do this, but sometimes he shares confidential things with me, but I want you to hear this this morning. Over the last four or five weeks, Pastor Steve shared with me how God had dealt with him to start pushing some things away and start inviting God more into his space and he's not going to re-preach again okay so but I want him to share with you just a little bit of what just a little bit of what God is it's, it's just going to encourage you how God is just changing him and, and, and starting to just he's starting to see miracles happen 
Because he said, Pastor, God just kept dealing with me. Pastor Steve, find a room. Find something somewhere to get away. And I want him just to, just to give a small testimony this morning. Well, what a radical change God can make in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. When we simply just be obedient. I've been preaching the gospel for many, many years. But suddenly God showed me something in my own walk with Him. As pastor preached that message, it was all confirmation of what the Lord spoke to me. And He said that you will early arise from your bed before anybody else wakes up even before the chickens wake up, you're going to go into that secret place of the Most High God where I dwell. And you're going to intentionally put me first above everything, above anybody, right here in my prayer room. And I can truthfully tell you over the last five to six weeks that this has been going on, I have stood back and watched the salvation of the Lord. I have seen Him bring before my own eyes the ones that I have prayed for, for my pastor, for the church, for you, for individuals that God's laid upon my heart. I've sat back and now I just watch God working. God bring in the wonders. God bring in the signs and the miracles. As the pastor preached that message this morning, let me just say one thing about it when you're praying. Don't just do it repetitiously. Don't use vain words. Take the Word of God. Church, if I leave anything with you with this testimony, it's not so much as our word that we bring up before God with faith. He hears the brokenness. He comes near that. But what we need to pray is when you're praying for somebody's healing, you're praying for a financial breakthrough, whatever you are praying for, you take the Word of God and you speak the all-powerful Word of God back to Him because it's His Word. It's the creative power. It's the Word of God. And you will see God do great and mighty things. I would encourage you. It may not be like mine. He may not tell you to do it early in the morning. But the Lord said, early will you seek me. And I said, oh God, I want to seek you for I long to see your power and your glory operating in my life and in the life of this church. Thank you and God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, how many how many y'all, if we get miracles like this woman, and I said this last of the week before. Yeah, I love the Old Testament. I mean, if you've been here around, I preach a lot out of the Old Testament. But if God did it, listen, church, before we leave, and I'm going to preach again, If I want you to get this. Do you understand your pastor wants you to get this? I want you to get this. 
that if God did it for the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, if you take that story and read it, and God worked the miracles in the Old Testament, raised a boy from the dead, that is looking towards the cross. Now we are redeemed. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The blood of Jesus has cleansed us from our sins. We are a child of God. If God did it then in the Old Testament and been pointing towards the cross, how much more will He do it for you and I in the New Testament under the New Covenant pointing back to the cross, Brother Mark? So I walk out of here excited this morning knowing if I will intentionally make that time for God, God is going to intentionally work miracles. Things that have looked dead in my life are coming alive. I speak that by faith. I speak that by faith that if I'll move things out of my life and I'll make room for God, I know if I will keep making room for God, by faith, I'm going to see prayers that's never been answered. They're going to be answered because I'm going to my prayer closet in faith. You know what God says? He looks up to heaven and He says, you know what? Kevin intentionally is putting some stuff back so it must mean he wants to meet with me. But you got to be intentionally about it. I mean, you got to say to yourself, I'm going to switch some things around to make room for God. And God says, there he is. He keeps coming back to his prayer closet. He keeps coming back and he keeps coming back by faith. And God said, I'm going to hear and answer your prayer. Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We have felt the Spirit of God here this morning. Thank You, Lord, for coming and meeting with us together as we have came together to feel Your presence, to hear what You've had to say to us out of the Word of God this morning. God, I believe You're touching our lives. I believe, God, You're bringing conviction to our hearts this morning. God, that we all leave making a covenant with You that I'm going to make that space and dead things that are in my life are coming alive. And I'm going to see miracles work. God, I prophesy that over our life this morning because it's really not prophecy. It's just Your Word this morning. I'm just speaking Your Word over our life. If we will make space for You, You're going to make space for us. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God's face shine upon you.